Our reading is Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 13, and can be found on page 1002 in the Red Bibles. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in the Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. This is the word of the Lord. My name is Paul, if we've not met. Uh, we're going to look at that in just a moment. Why don't we pray as we begin? Heavenly Father, we ask for your Spirit's help this morning as we look at this passage together. We pray that you'd enliven our hearts, encourage us, help us to see uh, Jesus more clearly, we pray. Amen. Um, we, as has been said, we're starting this kind of new series, uh, the beginning of Mark, a new kind of whole kind of phase, chapter of the section of the Bible, um, an important uh, kind of division uh, that we get to. Um, and so in many ways, a spiritual fresh start is what we're thinking about this morning, a spiritual fresh start, a new beginning, a new, a new awakening. It frequently comes with a sense of uh, reawakening or awakening uh, spiritually. Um, I thought I might share with you one of my, uh, I had a spiritual awakening over the summer, um, involved in airports um, uh, and us traveling. I'm sure many of you did, uh, may have gone through an airport at some point or other. Now, going to an airport, we were uh, traveling uh, this summer as a family and uh, I had read and heard about lots of the queues there are, lots of busyness, all sorts of things going on in airports. So, you know, being, uh, being ahead of the game, I thought, I cajoled my family into going to the airport early to, you know, to make, to make the best of the situation, to get there in time. And can you picture the scene as we arrive, the departures kind of area where you take your bags through, we arrive and all is quiet. And we get there and it's just, it's, it's, and I, I see the bag drop, and I, we just head straight there. And I'm writing in my mind headlines like, 
father shows family why it pays to be there early. I, I, you know, there, there is nothing like feeling superior about something when you really feel like you know, you've, you've nailed it. So we take the bags, straight to the bag drop, you know, they get them ticket thing that you get and you wrap it around, go through. And I, just, I was so pleased with myself. I really was. Uh, and we were right. And then take the bag and leave it. And then as we were walking away, Caroline, who was to one side, uh, it turned out there was a whole queue of people the airline were keeping back and saying, you can't go yet. And I had just literally walked in front of them, <laughs> taken my bag, thought, this is fantastic, <laughs> dropped it off. And I felt fantastic. I can only assume the whole line of people looking going, what is that person doing? <laughs> and so from this feeling very superior about life uh, to thinking, I imagine everyone now has kind of daggers out for me but we sort of scooted away quickly. I tried, you know, I didn't want to sort of uh, wait around to be rebuked by everybody. But it was such a, you know, that's what a spiritual awakening is like. So those the realization of what you think you're about and what the reality is are quite different things. Um, now, we're talking about a spiritual fresh start here, and hopefully it'll become clear why I'm talking about my uh, airport escapades. But uh, we're going to think about what it was for God's people at this point, and that, uh, that sense of spiritual reawakening that was going on. So to do that, we're going to think about three things. We'll think about uh, kind of a, fre- a fresh start, what it is, uh, why it doesn't come so easily, which is why I've told you the story I have, um, and then how you get it. What it is, why it doesn't come that easily, uh, and how you get it. So firstly, what is it they're talking about? Spiritual fresh start. In the beginning, it says, verse 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I'll send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The opening of Mark chapter 1 is an announcement. It's news. Um, The word gospel that is translated good news there, the good news, it's not a religious term. It's not something that um, uh, is particular to the Bible. it, It would have been more characteristically used, for example, by an emperor who was announcing something. Uh, and there are examples of it. And now an emperor announcing, here's good news. We might think of it as like breaking news or a news alert that you get on your phone. It's that kind of idea. Actually, something is happening. Here is an announcement of something new that is beginning. Um, and so it's not a religious term he's using, but the news is that God is engaging with his world and with humanity in a new way. Something different is happening to what has come before and happened before. Sarah gave us that sense of the history of God's people, the way he had formed them and shaped them, and how he had worked. And now something different is coming along. Jesus, the Messiah, we're told. Messiah meaning chosen one, anointed king. All through the Old Testament, it had looked ahead to some time when this would come. And now he is here. This is the announcement. This is the breaking news. And it is a new way of engaging with humanity, which we'll see as, uh, as time goes on, as we look at these opening chapters of Mark. But particularly, and it's picked up here in this um, opening, it is how through his spirit, uh, God's spirit, there's a new way of engaging with, relating to humanity. Um, If you think back, if you know in the Old Testament, God's spirit, uh, it worked from time to time that that God would pour his spirit on a particular individual uh, at a particular moment, often a leader or a king or somebody uh, in authority, and uh, they would sort of be endowed with God's spirit. But this was a new way of relating to God, where his spirit would be poured out on all people, and it was going to come through his Messiah, his chosen one. It was going to open the floodgates, if you like, to make 
uh, God accessible in a way that he hadn't been before. It's a new way of relating to him. But it means it is going to challenge God's people's sense of who they are. It's going to challenge their sense of entitlement and superiority almost. Because if you think that long sort of tradition, it's not difficult to imagine the sense in which they were, uh, they were always God's people. They always had been. And now God is doing a new thing. It was a fresh uh, engagement. And the message that he has is prepare, get ready. That's part of John's uh, role here, John the Baptist. Prepare and get ready. So with that in mind, if, uh, if there's a new engagement with uh, humanity, we need to think then, why it doesn't come so easily? What is the kind of the, the barriers? What are the stumbling blocks? Um, so second, uh, a spiritual fresh start, why it doesn't come so easily? And the short answer to that is pride, superiority, um, the human, uh, human hearts uh, that is uh, characteristically pride, uh, proud. So um, pick it up at verse 4, um, John the Baptist appears in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. Uh, they were baptized by him in the River Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a, a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. There's that fresh uh, outpouring of the Spirit and that engagement with God that way. So here is John the Baptist. Here's, you know, kind of uh, an imagining of him, shall we, like, shall we say. Quite an uh, idiosyncratic figure. It's an unusual figure. But there he is in the, uh, in the wilderness, uh, and he's bringing this message, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, those words might just trip off, and you might kind of think, yes, I know that this, that's kind of what he did and that sort of thing. But actually, if you stop and think for a moment of the significance of what he's doing there for God's people. Uh, normally, baptism was something that you would undergo if you were not a Jewish person and you were looking to convert to Judaism. If you're a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, and you were looking to make that change, to identify yourself as, uh, as part of the, Jew, uh, um, uh, the Jewish religion, you would undergo that baptism, that uh, symbolize, uh, symbol um, uh, of washing, of cleansing, of, uh, of starting afresh. But here, John is taking that baptism to God's own people and inviting them to come and repent, to turn away, uh, to be baptized and receive forgiveness of their sins. It's a fresh expression, a fresh awakening of God's work in their life. And the people do come from the Judean countryside and the people of Jerusalem, they come out to him. And you can imagine for a moment, actually, for him to say that is to say, look, I know you know you're God's people. You've been around the traditions and you own the place and, and you, know, you know who you are. But you need a fresh awakening of God's work in you. And you might think you are superior to the other nations because you've always been God's people. You might think you are uh, better than them. You're the chosen ones. But actually, you're going to need to identify yourself as no better than Gentiles. You need to identify yourself as, as no better than those other people you might look at and say, well, they're not God's people. Do you see how, how considerable what uh, uh, John is saying to them is? You need a fresh start. You need to humble yourselves in that way. And it's that uh, uh, 
that humility that John himself models. Uh, he says that you know, this figure is coming, Jesus. Uh, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I'm not even worthy to get on my knees and untie his shoes. So great is he. He's modeling that kind of, you know, you think, well, you're John the Baptist. No, I'm not even worthy to do that. So great is he. It requires that kind of humility. And that, that sense of superiority is so deeply ingrained in us. You can walk into an airport and think, wow, look at me. How well have I done? So easily does it come to us. Uh, it can be... Um, it can operate at some different levels. It can be individual. Um, uh, you might, uh, you might, there's, there's a well-known cartoon you might have come across. I, I kind of quite like this cartoon. Um, uh, it's a, 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 there's an exchange going on here. I'll read it to you. Somebody in, not there says, are you coming to bed? Uh, he says, I can't. This is important. What? Someone is wrong on the internet. Uh, it's my job to point out uh, who's in the wrong. It was actually then followed up with one, which I think sort of brings it up to date, which I quite enjoyed. I came across this recently. Someone says, what are you doing? He says, I just thought of a bad opinion someone could have, and now I'm searching to see if anyone does, so I can be mad at them. Sounds like you have a healthy relationship with the internet. Uh, hey, at least I'm not this guy I just found. And do you see that our ability to kind of go through life mentally uh, just assessing in a kind of ladder where we think people are, we can carry around with us almost a kind of mental step ladder. And when we see somebody, we kind of go, oh, yes, just raise myself up a little bit. I see I'm better than you. Uh, we're able to look down on other people. Uh, it's individual. It can be individual, personal. I do think in our, if you think about our world on the internet these days, so often it's tribal. Actually, we interact with something on the internet and we think, oh, yes. Well, they would say that because that's them. And we would never do that. Or we go looking for somebody who's just made a critical comment of somebody and go, well, well done for pointing that out because we are right. So a lot of our time is spent. If you kind of process the energy that you've got when you're on social media, it's actually just engaging in this sense of, I don't like them, I do like them. We are good, they are bad. And it's almost it's kind of ingrained in us that actually that sort of sense of superiority, that actually being told that we need to repent, we need to come humbly, is difficult for us. It can even be difficult in situations, personally, in situations where even if we've suffered a great deal, we can find ourselves in a situation where we then conclude, well, of course, nobody knows the kind of experience I've had, so I'm far superior to them. They don't know what I've gone through, so of course I'll look down on them. You see how it can work. It's such an instinctive thing in us. And John is coming and saying to them, you need to come. You need to come humbly before the Lord. You need to repent. You need to bring yourself. And there is a baptism that he offers uh, for the forgiveness of sins. And it's that kind of that instinctive superiority and pride that is the barrier and means it doesn't come easily to having a, a fresh start, a fresh awakening with God. Uh, so, if, uh, what is it? Uh, it's this kind of re-engagement with God. Why doesn't it come so easily? Because of that kind of natural superiority. And then, okay, how do you get it? Well, that's where Jesus comes in and begins to um, uh, explain and, and Mark is beginning to show us. So, there are two different episodes here. Uh, there's, um, uh, let me read from verse 9. 
At that time, Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee was bat- uh, came and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels uh, attended him. Now, there's baptism and temptation, these two episodes with Jesus. And they are both about identifying with humanity and showing, and ha- showing how this fresh start happens. They're both about him identifying with humanity. Let me show you the baptism. Uh, it's not saying that Jesus needed his sins to be forgiven. Jesus was without sin. But he comes and as he steps into the water, he is saying, look, I stand with you sinners. I have come here to identify with you as those who are under sin and can't do anything about it. Uh, he comes and identifies with them. There's actually through history, there's a, uh, there's a long history of, of recognizing the, the kind of echoes that Mark has here with Genesis and the very beginning of the Bible and in, what, in ways in which it's replaying aspects of Genesis. And so just as then uh, Jesus comes, he is uh, he's like this kind of se- identifying with humanity. He is this second Adam. Um, and if you uh, can picture it in your mind, that we're told about him coming out of the water and then the, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. People have noted the kind of connection with the opening of Genesis when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, is hovering over the waters. And there's this kind of creative potential waiting to be unleashed. Uh, and then as uh, Father, Son, and Spirit act together in concert here, so it takes us back to Genesis when God says we'll, we'll create mankind in our image, and the Spirit is there, the Father and the Son working to bring about creation together. So here all three are working together as uh, God's Son, uh, as the Son of God, Jesus is kind of commissioned, the new human, the new humanity is commissioned by the trying God. And the temptation that then follows, if you think about the story from Genesis, Adam and Eve face temptation in the garden to which they fail. Jesus is then immediately sent out to be tempted by Satan, and he resists. So he's replaying but rewriting the story of humanity. He resists temptation. There's even a nice detail there where Mark says he was with the wild animals. And there's a kind of link there of uh, as Adam was supposed to be kind of lord over the creatures that were brought to him. So uh, Jesus is now sort of pictured in that way, lord of creation and the creatures that are there. So there's these kind of links and echoes of Jesus. But what it's saying is the whole movement is actually Jesus is moving away from superiority, if you like. Actually, he's humbling himself. He comes down from heaven, takes on the form of, uh, of a human being. He diminishes himself and makes himself like one of us that we might relate to God. And that pathway means he's, he's saying, how you get a fresh start, you don't get it by, by kind of turning over a new leaf. It's not somebody coming and saying, okay, here's, here's a 10-step guide. Uh, do your best, see how you go. He's saying, I have come into the world to inhabit a new humanity, to embody and show you what it is you'll need to be. And you get that by being uh, linked into me by my spirit. It's a a totally different way of thinking, how do I have a, you know, where does this spiritual awakening come from? Where does this fresh start? It's not just somebody giving you a manual and going, do your best. 
Jesus comes. He says, I'm going to walk this pathway to show you what it is. And by being in me, you'll discover there is this new uh, start for you. How does this help us? I think if you're, uh, if you're not a Christian here this morning, and we're, we're somewhere where lots of people are just kind of figuring out where they stand, figuring out uh, the Christian faith, figuring out religion, full stop. And if that's you, and perhaps you're going, that's the kind of thing that's in your mind, I would like a spiritual fresh start. I think the thing I want to kind of press upon you is that you need someone to show you the way. If it's just a case of some good advice and a 10-step manual, you'll go through number one and number two and number three, and by number four, you failed at number one again. And you'll ask, well, why, why was I trying that? And it's wearying. You need someone. You need a different way of doing it. Someone who comes and says, actually, I will re-embody humanity. I will show you what this looks like. And I will show you that you can't, you can't just do this on your own. You need me to come and live this human life that you can't. But if you're somebody who is a Christian here this morning and you're kind of processing this through and you think, well, I say I know this, I know this well, I wonder if you've considered it gives you the ability to go out into the world with a, a new humility, if you like. You don't need to saunter into a, an airport situation thinking you are kind of, you know, king of the world. It gives you a new humility as you go into In fact, it can change your whole posture to how you go out into the world. Can you see if, if it's not that the fresh start comes by, the kind of, you know, how well we've done. Actually, if God is saying the, the fresh start with me comes by Jesus, my son, coming into this world. Actually, it changes the way you interact with the world. It can give you a kind of non-anxious humility. You don't have to spend your time proving yourself or carrying your little stepladder around to work out whether you need to be a little bit higher than those around. You don't have to spend your time with figuring out, is my group the one that's in the right? Are they superior to others? Actually, it gives you a, a kind of non-anxious humility. Let me, I'll give you a couple of examples, actually, because these have just come uh, surprisingly to me just in the past couple of days. Um, there's a couple of pictures here. Um, uh, a couple of events in the past couple of days. Top one on the right there is the Mercury Music Prize. Um, it was won by a group called the Ezra Collective. Um, now, uh, the chap who's speaking there in the middle, him, uh, he's a Christian, and they uh, met at a, a youth group. Um, uh, that's where they began playing. And he got up in his speech, and if you, you may not have heard it, they're a, a jazz band. And he, he got up and said, um, the first thing I want to do is I want to thank God. Um, and he said, if... Uh, if a jazz band winning the Mercury Music Prize won't convince you there is a God, I don't know what will. <laughs> and in quite a kind of humble way, there was a kind of uh, a non-anxious way in which he went about it. Um, down the bottom there is Coco Goff, who won the US Open um, overnight this morning, whatever time it was. Um, and having won, she got down on her knees and prayed. She's spoken about her Christian faith before. She's spoken about some of her losses um, and how she prays. And she got in the middle of that arena, having won, she got down her knees and prays. And there was a kind of humility. Given the, you know, the, the impressive nature of the things that they've done, and I'm sure they are human. We, you know, we, we hold celebrities up at a pedestal at our peril, but they'll make mistakes in future, no doubt. But there is a kind of ease with which they have gone into the world. Because they're not saying, you know, that I, I had to kind of work this up in myself. Actually, I wouldn't be a Christian, they might say, I think, unless Jesus had enabled it in me. 
That's the kind of grace. He comes into the world. He enables that fresh awakening. I wouldn't have had that unless he had made that possible. So, in fact, I go into this world less worried about whether I have to prove myself to you or whether I have to raise myself up or not or whether my group is better than yours. Actually, it's from Jesus that I have an ease because I know it came from him in the first place. A spiritual fresh start. It's this re-engagement with God. It might be what you are thinking you need at this point. Uh, It doesn't come easily because pride is ingrained in us. It doesn't take long to find it, as I discovered this summer. Uh, And yet how we get it is as Jesus walks the path before us and says, you'll find it in me, not by me throwing you a manual and seeing how you can do. Why don't we pray and then we're going to sing in just a moment. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just come to you. We, you know our situations. You know the things that we face. You know the, where we are this morning and the things that we're carrying. And Lord, we just ask that you would, you would bring us a fresh awakening of your, of your spirit in us, whether we're not Christians, whether we are. I pray that it would grant us a, a way of going about the world that just views it differently, uh, that looks to your son and is just uh, aware of all you have done for us. Lord, I pray that that would change us. I pray it would just be your Spirit's work in us. Uh, And I, I ask on behalf of us all, in Jesus' name, amen.